We are live here, the Chase and Mace podcast. I'm Mace and me. That's Chase Baxa. Two friends met at a random school that no one's ever heard of. Chase, what a weekend. Premier League is back. Great games all around. You really going to sit there and say great games? Uh, not for you and me, but everyone else, maybe. I was going to say, some fan bases may say great games. I think both of us are going to have very uh, conflicting thoughts about that. Yep, we we definitely will. We'll get, we'll get to that in just a minute. But in, uh, in terms of great performances, great games, let's start off in Germany. Bayern Munich playing the Europa League champions Frankfurt in a game that was shaped up to be one of the best in the Bundesliga so far. It was anything but that. Bayern absolutely smashed Frankfurt 6-1. to one. And now Frankfurt now have to play uh, Real Madrid in the UEFA Super Cup. So not a good uh, two games for Frankfurt here. Yeah, that's rough. I mean, after a pretty good run, um, that was Frankfurt, right? That went pretty decent in the uh, Europa League last season. They won it. They won it. Well, that's what I was thinking of. Um, coming out and losing 6-1 to one to a Bayern squad that some people had some doubts about. Not me. Out there, I had zero doubts about this Bayern team. I knew they were going to be this good. So I'm super excited to see a 6-1 to one finish against Frankfurt, man. And we were talking, Frankfurt played pretty well. I mean, they were a solid team. It's just Bayern was just that good. They really did. I just I, I thought Kevin Trapp played a shell of himself. He did not have a really good game, especially that first goal involving the pyrotechnics and the free kick from uh, Joshua Kimmich. But, yeah, that was very rough. <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's a rough way to go down on your first goal. Yeah, especially because it was the Frankfurt fans who did those pyrotechnics. Kind of kind of shooting yourself in the foot there, guys. Yeah, it's a little rough. Uh, but Sadio Mane, the perfect fit for Bayern Munich. He he scored in his Bundesliga debut, and it's going to be interesting to see him in that red uniform of Bayern Munich, and hopefully he's going to have a great season. I think he's going to have a great career there. I know he only signed a couple of years, but I mean, I think Bayern Munich fits him very, very well. I mean, just having that speed up top, with, I mean, Sané with, uh, I mean, you have Gnabry coming out of the back. That, that's also very, very quick. Just these players are, that are going to be sprinting at the opposing back lines. That's, that's a rough rough team to defend against. So I'm excited. I think it's a perfect fit for Mane. Not surprised to see him on the score sheet. Definitely going to be seeing his name quite a bit this season, I think. Yeah, just, just reading off those names of who started for Bayern Munich, um, Thomas Mula, uh, Gnabry, Sané. Uh, Musiala came in, did a great job. Uh, he also said Kimmich and Goretzka. Um, that's a dangerous team right there. Uh, yeah, that that is a crazy team. And I know we're only one season in or one game into this season. I don't want to say it too early, but I, I just want to throw it back to a couple of years ago where Bayern was untouchable. There wasn't a team that went up against a Bayern Munich that anybody thought that they were going to win. It was 2020. It was the COVID year. And six to one against a very good Frankfurt side. I mean, could we be back to those years? I mean, could we could we see another just untouchable Bayern team? Well, well, the one thing that made them really untouchable was the fact that Lewandowski was in the form of his life, yeah, scoring fifteen goals a game. It, it was ridiculous. While and while I think Mane can probably equal. Uh, what he did on a lower year for Lewandowski, I don't think he's going to ever repeat Lewandowski's high. So it'll be interesting to see. But Nagelsmann has been doing a great job in terms of their formation. And I don't know, I'm super excited to watch him play more in both the Bundesliga and even in the Champions League. Yeah, super excited. I Again, just going to keep saying it. Uh, this is my early pick for my Champions League winner. And they started off to the season 
fantastically. I have I'm having my doubts, but after that game, uh, they proved me wrong, and I can't wait to watch them more. But now let's go into uh, Mane's former team, and that is Liverpool. Who, like I said, like I knew, I predicted it. I am, you know, the all-knowing human being. But Liverpool struggled against newly promoted Fulham. Uh, a two-to-two game, and Chase, why don't you tell us about that game? Uh, Mitrovic is a bully, and I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, I think that's like what overall what this game is. I mean, Mitrovic, what a player! I, he just bullied our entire back line. He, he bullied Big Verge off the ball and beat him on the dribble. Who does that? <laughs> like, there's there's not been one person that I can think of distinctly, other than probably Lionel Messi, that has dribbled Big Verge. All right, so Mitrovic is way too good, and I hate that guy because what a game he had. I mean, he scored in the 32nd minute and absolutely bullied Trent Alexander-Arnold. Like, Trent went up, but he didn't really go up. Like, it was one of those jumps that you sort of do just to show that you tried, but you didn't really try. And Mitrovic noticed that, went right at him, scored in the back post. It was a good header. I mean, he's a good player. Darwin Nunez actually then comes in and scores, which I didn't really expect him to score. And he did get subbed on, so he didn't start, um, which is a little surprising. But Or did he start? I'm, try, I'm trying to think. He did not. Bobby Firmino started. I would say he did not start because Bobby started, which was very surprising to me. I did say that we were going to see Bobby more often, but I did not think first season starting. Uh, but I loved it. I mean, he did okay. He did as much as Bobby Firmino is going to do. Um, that's no rip on him, but he's getting old. But yeah, Darwin Nunes coming in with a goal and an assist. But Mitrovic, obviously, beating Big Verge. Who beats Big Verge other than Leo Messi on the dribble? Just flies by him, gets fouled. And Mace, do you think that was a PK? You know, uh, we texted about it during the game, or at least during the highlights of the game. And I said, while I think it was soft that Mitrovic went down, He's Verge did clip him, so I, I would still give it the penalty because it was still a foul. But again, Mitrovic did not need to go down that softly. Yeah, I fully agree with you, man. Uh, that's exactly it. So I don't think he actually got too much contact. You said his knee sort of clipped, and I could see that. Uh, but I, I really don't think there was that much contact. But it wasn't enough to overturn it through VAR. So, like, yeah, you go back and look and say, okay, he didn't touch him. But it, it's not enough to overturn it, which is what it is. We'll – uh We'll go on, but two to two is a rough scoreline to see against a newly promoted team signing a player for a hundred million. I don't know. It wasn't good enough in my standards. It wasn't good enough in Klopp's standards. So I'm hoping it rises next week with with our next opponents. I said this before, and I think you agree with me. If not, you know, whatever. But I I've never seen a striker have a goal and assist play that badly. Seriously, man. I mean, his first goal is the luckiest thing you'll ever see. And it's the second time he did it. He did it five minutes prior. Goes up, does a little Bobby Firmino flick. Let's just remember that Bobby Firmino did that as well. Uh, Goes up and he tries it the first time. Five minutes later, tries it again, and it bounces off the goalkeeper and bounces back onto his foot to score the goal. So, like, it's ridiculously lucky. It's still a good goal. I mean, it's, it's very flashy, and it's a good first goal to have on the season. But... I don't know. He he did nothing, man. (laughs) You're even saying it. He just had a terrible game. He just did not look good at all. He did not. And on Liverpool's second goal, the one with uh, Mo Salah, like 
I, I don't even know what he was doing. Was he trying to shoot that? I know he wasn't trying to pass that at all. Yeah, there's not a chance he was trying to pass that ball. That, that was ridiculous. But now, overall, I thought Fulham really took the game to Liverpool. Liverpool looked really lethargic. They just looked that arrogance that we've seen before, and they just walked through the game. Yeah. I mean, that's you love to see it from a, a small club. You hate to see it against your own team. But it is what it is, man. And it was a good game through and through till the end. So I'm not too mad about it. It is just the first game of the season, but I'm hoping that it ends here. I'm hoping that we can go on a, some winning streaks here. Yeah, well, another team that has been really struggling as of lately and that there's no win streak in sight right now is, unfortunately, the Manchester United team. They mm. they lost to Brighton 2-1, to one, and with all due respect, Brighton is an incredible team for the team that they have, the players that they have. Graham Potter has done a fantastic job with that team. But and especially or, losing their they're recently, I mean, promoted great player Kukurela from uh, that went to Chelsea. Like losing that good of a player, usually you wouldn't think that they're going to come into a, a game as strong as they did. Especially like they also lost Bissiuma to uh, Spurs. Oh yeah, completely forgot about that. That's a that's two big hits off of your defensive line, and they came in and I'm sorry, Mace. They they handed it to you guys. You know what they they really did. I thought man, you started off extremely poor. Um, Fred and McTominay, two quicksand players. Once they make one mistake, it just snowballs from there. Um, but it was the 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 lineup that um, Eric Ten Hag put out was very very interesting to me. And I fully understand, you know, not starting Ronaldo. That was whatever to me. But I I, I was really confused starting both Fred and McTominay, and then Lissandra Martinez as well. Who Martinez only played one half, one half of a preseason game, and you have Rafael Varane. And uh, someone else on the bench. I wasn't sure who it was off the top of my head. I mean, is Lindelof not back there? I think Lindelof was the other person on the bench. So two like two players who know the Man U system. They they played in it. Lissandra Martinez was just signed what two weeks ago? Yeah, not that long ago. So it didn't make any sense to me. And that midfield was just absolutely abysmal. Fred and McTominay were consistently out of position, especially McTominay. Fred just made too many mistakes back there. And it cost him. Um, once Erickson did go back into the midfield, I thought he the man you controlled the game a lot better. But oh my gosh, that first half was abysmal. Honestly, I thought the first ten minutes belonged to Man U. I mean, I thought you guys started decently strong, uh, but once Brighton got a few chances, Man U just shut down, and Brighton just went from there. I mean, even in the second half, you started decently strong. Uh, but it fizzled out very quickly once Brighton just got back up to speed. Yeah, but once once McAllister scored that own goal, then like Man U was like, all right, now we can now we can play. And then they took over the game till the end. But still, it was just too little, too late. Yeah, it really was. I mean, they didn't take over until I would say maybe the seventy fifth, eightieth minute uh, with the McAllister goal coming in the sixty eighth. I think it took them a little while to actually get that intensity up where it needed to be. No, I completely agree. That was very disappointing to see especially because they had such a good preseason. It's that curse, man. You always see it when, uh, when you have a good preseason, your start of the season is never good. Dude, it sounds just like the Jets. All right, I don't need that right now. <laughs> well, anyway, hopefully Man U and both the Jets can pick it up after this preseason. But anyway, let's move. Let's, 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 let's turn to the positives now. Uh, 
Man City, they absolutely demolished West Ham United. Uh, it was 2-0 on the score sheet, but honestly, it could have been a lot more. Both Areola and Fabianski. Um, Fabianski getting injured. Hopefully, he gets better soon. But they both played incredible games. But Holland De Bruyne, oh my goodness. It's just unfair. It's like if you go on the FIFA and create the perfect team, you're always going to put those two together. But that's it's happening in real life. Like We just watched it occur to West Ham. And I said this earlier, it is crazy how every team that Man City goes up against this season is going to be considered an underdog. There's not one team in the world right now that you can consider is probably better than Man City. Maybe PSG, but there's not many teams that play like that against West Ham. I mean, they took over that game from the beginning whistle to the end whistle. There was nothing. It was it was really surprising to me because West Ham were just dropping back so, so, so deep. And I was very surprised that David Moyes would do that because he got City a few times last season playing a higher higher up game, you know, pressing high right on the center backs with Diaz and Stones. Uh, this case, it was Ake. But again, they dropped so far back and a Guardiola team will just absolutely demolish you when you do that. Yeah, you cannot sit back against City. I mean, I think every team has tried to sit back against City and they've been punished for it. I mean, it's just something you don't do at this point. Yep. And uh, Holland getting two goals already starting off his campaign right now. But, you know, Chase, it's it's unbelievable. He's on pace for 76 goals this season. Do you think he's going to hit that mark? Absolutely. 110%. I bet my life on it. I, I don't see why not. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. Same with Mitrovic, by the way. But seriously, listen, I'm saying Mitrovic played more like a player worth $100 million than Nunez did every single day of the week. Listen, I'd, I'd take Mitrovic there instead of Nunez. I think I started in my fantasy league this week. I wouldn't even blame you. <laughs> he was that good, man. He was that good. I'm excited to watch him this season. Yeah, me too. Both him and Holland. But yes, Holland De Bruyne, scary. Uh, Gundogan also played extremely well. Honestly, this City team, they probably could have scored six. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they completely took over that game. West Ham had no opportunities to score. I mean, they tried, and I'll give it to them. Declan Rice played very well. Um, there's not too many other people that I thought played super well in that West Ham team, other than Fabianski while he was in and then Areola when he came in. But, man, I mean, they, he just made it look like he was playing a U12 team. That City team was too good. It was – I think Holland is just – deceivingly fast because he's so he's six he's six foot five he's huge but he'll, he'll get you his speed catches up to you like you don't expect him to be that fast for being that big and he just he finds that space and he just runs in it and no one can catch him and it really helps that the Bruyne is just every single pass right on the money and I think Holland you know again four goals he could have had De Bruyne adding another two it was ridiculous yeah he could have added on to that tally quite a few times that game Absolutely. Could not agree more. And so that was the City West Ham game. Let's switch over to a game that probably should have had a lot more goals than it did. And that was the Chelsea versus Everton game. The return of Frank Lampard to the Blues. Everton hung tough in this game. Chelsea only won one nothing. Of course, Chelsea wins one nothing. Uh, what were your thoughts on this game? Boring. <laughs> I thought it was a pretty boring game. Uh, Everton played really well. I thought they were hanging on by the edge of their seat there for a little bit. But overall, I mean, it was Goodison Park. And Goodison Park's always bumping, man. No, But, I, uh, I mean, 
Everton played well, but Chelsea just scoring one goal. I mean, it is what it is. Chelsea always win wins by one. So I don't read into this one too much. You know, they had Mason's weird set of the day, by the way. They had two halves where their added time together was 17 minutes. Oh, my God. 17 minutes. It was absolutely, absolutely insane. What and that happened was... to those games? So, um, yeah, uh, no, not your Ben Godfrey, like, seriously injured his leg. I did but, see that. He had to be stretchered off. Yeah, and I, I, I did not see what happened in the second half to warrant another eight minutes, but. Oh, a fan in the stands got injured. A fan in the stands? Yeah. Why would they, why would they, why would they I, stop the game for that? I have no idea. They needed the paramedics. I remember yeah. it, though. Interesting. Well, um, Goodison Park may be bumping, but watch out, fans. Seriously, man. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, 17 minutes of added time. And, uh, of course, Jorginho scores on a penalty in the 45th plus nine. <laughs> ridiculous. Of course. That's a, that's a ridiculous sentence right there. If only that was Bruno Fernandez. But, anyway, <laughs> uh, I thought Everton, like I said, Everton hung tough. They had some pretty good chances. I thought uh, Damari Gray had a few good ones. Uh, Aaron, Anthony Gordon, who we loved last season, I thought he had a pretty good, some pretty good chances. Yeah. Just that Chelsea defense stands tough, especially with new boys, Koulibaly, and then Aspilicueta was just re-signed as well. I didn't think uh, Koulibaly played that well. I think that's what kept Everton sort of in the game. Uh, was that they could keep getting those chances because Koulibaly was just not prepared to play. I'm not exactly sure what I would say was wrong with his play, but it seemed like most of the uh, the chances that Everton had came from his side. That's very true. Uh, it doesn't help that Tiago Silva is getting close to his 40s and he's very slow. Yeah, <laughs> that, that does not help in the slightest. It is what it is, but um, it's just very surprising to me that Chelsea can't score. Uh, obviously, uh, I don't know if you heard the news today, but Timo Werner is going back to Red Bull Leipzig. Yeah, a uh, permanent deal. He's not even on loan. Permanent deal for up to, I think it was 32 million pounds. That's more than Sadio Mane, man. <laughs> yeah, I think I still think Bayern, uh, Bayern Munich are going to get the, the best deal of this uh, transfer window. But, you know, Werner's gone. They have Pulisic. They have uh, Kai Havertz, Raheem Sterling, Mason Mounts. They got uh, Hakim Ziyech still on the still on the bench there, and Connor Gallagher. But it's just it's so weird to me to see the squad depth at their defense and their midfields, and then just see their attack. It's just it's night and day. It really is. Like they had a world class defense last season, and I mean they've had a world class midfield for the past three or four seasons. So to not be able to get any attacking power in three or four years now. I mean, it's, uh, it's looking a little rough on the Chelsea managers that have been been popping through. Absolutely. And I think that um, if had they signed Ronaldo, that would have been perfect for him because Ronaldo can't run. I mean, Lukaku didn't really run, but... Yeah, but uh, Lukaku didn't work for Chelsea. That's true. But I, I would, do you think Ronaldo would? Ronaldo would work better than Lukaku. I mean, you're not wrong there. Lukaku can't play in the Premier League, man. I would... It's unbelievable how I mean, he was so good though at Everton and West Brom. It made no sense. It's that small club mentality. I'm telling you, I don't know what it is, but I I feel like Italian soccer 
feels more like a small club environment just because of the fan base. Uh, so maybe that's why he excels so well at Inter. But I don't know. He just cannot make it at a big club. He cannot. It's 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 unreal how that that just keeps happening every single big club he goes to, except for Inter. Except yeah, for been, Inter. he kills it at Inter. Completely right there. Oh man, some crazy stuff. Absolutely crazy stuff. So this is this is really the battle of uh, both Frank Lampard and Lukaku. I guess this game was. Seriously, seriously. But yeah, about that boring game. Absolutely boring game. But let's get into one game that really was not boring, and that was Leicester versus Brentford. I think we knew that that was going to be a good game. I mean, we just did. both of those teams is they are good teams, man. I mean, we did we did say like that was one game to watch, but I didn't expect it to be like that good because that yeah, was a shootout. That was so back and forth. Leicester, I thought, got off to a flying start, which we both had no idea that Casper Schmeichel went to Nice. No, since when, man? Since when? This was a week ago. We had no nothing. That's so crazy. I, I never saw any reports on that, but anyway, I I digress. But Leicester absolutely got off to a flying start. It was they were playing so well. They got two goals uh, within 13 minutes of each other. Castagni uh, with in the 33rd, and then Drewsbury Hall in the 46th, which they were both incredible goals. Um, and then 60th minute, 65th minute, Brentford just come crawling back, starting with my man Ivan Tony. I love Ivan Tony, man. <laughs> Dude, Ivan Tony could have probably had like three or four in this game. It was ridiculous. Once that 65th minute came, it was all Brentford. Yeah, absolutely love to see that. I mean, you love seeing Brentford play this well. You love seeing Brentford score some last-minute goals to, to tie it up. And, again, we knew this was going to be an amazing game. And the stats show it. The highlights show it. I mean, the scoreline shows it. Great great outing for both of them for their first uh, first game of the season. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, Josh De Silva's goal in the 86th to salvage that one point. That was also a really incredible goal. Um, and I just, I love that game. One can only imagine what if Christian Erickson was still there at Brentford, how this game would have gone. I would love for him to have been there this game. But <laughs> it is what it is, man. I know you would have. I know you would have. But uh, yeah, great game. I'm really excited. Looking forward to, really excited. And I'm looking forward to watching Brentford and Leicester play in the future. Uh, another team that I'm looking forward to watching is uh, Leeds America. I mean, Leeds United. Um, they just beat Wolves 2-1. to one. Uh, Brandon Aarons has scored. In a huge goal as well. I mean, a absolutely huge goal. Absolutely. that was. I thought that was another great game. It was really surprising from, uh, from Wolves, though. I was surprised Connor Cody didn't start. Yeah, no one ever gave any, any updates on why he didn't get that starting position. I thought it was incredibly odd that he didn't start. I think they did go with a four back instead of the three. So that was very surprising. You know, Connor Cody's not that fast. So maybe it was a fitness issue, but I don't know. That's just like the heart of your team. I feel like that's somebody that you always start as Wolves, but I guess not. Oh, please. You and I both know the heart of that Wolves team is, in fact, Ruben Neves. Yeah, very true. Very and, true. And he ran the show extremely well today. That This 95% Portuguese team. Really got it done. I thought Jose Saw played a great game aside from the two goals. Uh, Rodrigo's goal, I thought, was extremely nice. Cutting it in, cutting it outside and finding the near post, beating uh, beating Jose Saw. But no, I thought it was a great, great game. 
Uh, what were your thoughts overall on this game, aside from what we discussed already? I mean, just last-minute goals are absolutely amazing. I mean, you just love to see them and, and to get a, a last-minute winner for America. You, you just can't help but smile. Yep, love Jesse Marsh. And also, Big Bad Bamford, I thought he played an incredible game. When does he not play great? I think Bamford is one of the most consistent strikers in the Premier League. He is so good. Yeah, I do love him. He played so well, so well yesterday or two days ago. And I, I it's going to be awesome to watch him for the rest of the season. I'm telling you, keep an eye on him because he is just consistent. He will always just be in whatever highlight leads have. I guarantee you picture Patrick Bamford there. Absolutely. And it's going to be nicer to see not see that murder ball from Bielsa this year, too. Seriously, I was getting so tired of that, man. And it almost looked like that's what Brighton played for a little bit against Man U. Anytime that Man U team got the ball, that Brighton team was just sprinting. I mean, they were flying at you. Sort of gave me flashbacks to it, but not as intense. I don't know. I think uh, the closest I can get to Bielsa ball is Diego Simeone and Atletico Madrid. We don't bring that. We don't talk about that. We don't <laughs> bring yet. them up around here. Not yet. It's not Champions League yet. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about them until we have to. You're not wrong there. Oh, geez. Great game. Jesse Marsh, best of luck to you. Can't wait to watch you play. Uh, another game I think we should bring up is the, the one game where we both thought and wanted Nottingham Forest to do well in. They did not. They really disappointed against Newcastle and Newcastle. Wow, what a showing for them. Yeah, and we thought that Newcastle could be capable of this. Uh, so it's not – it doesn't come to the super high surprise. But, I mean, we, we thought Forrest would be a little bit better. 23 shots from Newcastle to Nottingham Forest five. And Forrest didn't even have a shot on target. Yeah, didn't even get one on target. Ten shots on target for Newcastle. I mean, when the stats are looking like that, there's there's not much you can do. There's only a certain amount you can do when your team is playing like that. And that really stinks because obviously we want to see Wingardino be a god somewhere. But <laughs> Could have been MLS. It could have been MLS, but it's it's definitely not the Premier League right now. <laughs> yeah, but can we just talk for one one brief moment about Fabian Schar's goal? I don't think I got a chance to watch this game at all. Dude, if you want, when you get a chance, go and take a look at this replay because, oh my goodness, the dude is a center back and he shot one, you know, like one tier down from that company goal against Leicester. No, not yes. that good of a goal. Dude, trust me. Trust me. That was absolutely immaculate goal. Um, and then our boy Callum Wilson, the old but gold player, scores on a Joelton assist. And oh, Newcastle just off and running in the Premier League this season. Uh, I'm excited to watch them play. Nick Pope did start in goal today, which we love to see. Yeah, absolutely love to see Nick Pope start. Love to see him on a on a squad that's going to use him quite often and be in the Premier League for a couple more years. I mean, Nick Pope does not deserve to go down to Champions uh, Championship League soccer. Absolutely, but the one surprise for me, like Joelton, just could not finish a meal. It was ridiculous. He never has. I mean, and that's and that's Newcastle's biggest problem is they don't have a reliable striker that's going to go and score goals. Like they have St. Maximin, which yes, he scores on occasion, uh, but if you look at his percentage rates of just how often he keeps the ball, he never keeps the ball. He literally never keeps the ball at all. He will lose it nine times out of ten, and his statistics show that. 
So it's sort of crazy that he's still up there. But obviously he's not creating a ton of chances if he's only keeping it one out of ten times. Uh, Joel Linton is one of the exact same type of players. He does definitely create more than St. Maxman does, uh, but he does not have the scoring capability that should be on this Newcastle squad to keep them going. This have been a, would have been a really good team for Lingard, I feel like. Honestly, you're not wrong. I mean, New, Newcastle, uh, they're not playing with uh, John Joe Shelby, Mr. Captain Fantastic over there. Absolute Mr. Can Do It All. Dude, I love him. I, I, but honestly, I think you're right, though. I think what Jesse Lingard brings to the table would have been perfect for uh, Newcastle's system, and I'm pretty sure they were in talks at the end of the season. That's what I was thinking. I thought I saw that they were talking to them at some point. Uh, and it would have been perfect for him, especially with all that oil money coming through. They probably could have got him and somebody else. So I don't really know, know what they're waiting for. Yeah, I heard it was him and Mbappe. Um, Mbappe. They're going to go for uh, Lingard, Mbappe, and Ronaldo, all same transfer window. And I know they just bought Nick Pope, but I heard Neuer was also on the cards. Yeah, I mean, if you can. <laughs> If you can. But now let's switch over to a team, another team that's basically if you can. Uh, they just bought a strange striker for 60 million pounds. That is Tottenham Hotspur, who just absolutely smothered uh, Southampton 4-1. to one. Uh, Sorry to bring you back a little bit there, Mace, but I just watched that goal. And holy cow, that was on a rope. Yes, he sir. absolutely labeled that thing. <laughs> so now you believe me with uh, Vincent Company's one step down? Yes, he smacked it. Definitely not on that level, but he definitely – he's right there with it. Sheesh. Yes, sir. But now let's, let's bring it back now to Spurs versus Southampton. 4-1. Spurs with a master class showing. Southampton was good for until that uh, James Ward-Prowse goal. And once they scored, Spurs were just like, nah, we'll play now. Kicked into high gear and just kept rolling. Yeah, this is another game that stats don't lie. I mean, 18 shots to 10, which isn't bad, but – Eight shots on target from Spurs and two from Southampton. That's just not – it's not up to par. Um, but I don't think we expected Tottenham to be this good. I mean, obviously, we nicknamed them the seesaw team. Them and Everton last season were the seesaw teams. Uh, so, next game, they could be getting blown out by Bournemouth. We have no idea. Uh, but this was a good showing from them. I'm excited to see what they do this season. I know Berkey's out there super excited that – that everyone did exactly what they needed to do and, and went out and got a 4-1 dub. Yep, absolutely. And let's just talk about their MVP. No, it's not Harry Kane. No, it's not Hillman Son. But I think for their last season, and it's going to be this season as well, uh, Dejan Kulusevsky. 110%. There's no way it's not going to be him. Uh, he's just been too consistent. That dude is so freaking good. He got a goal and assist in this game. Hillman also got the goal with Emerson Royal getting another assist, uh, but it was Eric Dyer and Sesenyon getting the, the three other goals. The other was an own goal by Salisu, but dude, Kulusevsky absolutely lights it up. He brings just a completely other dimension to Tottenham Hotspur, and ah, dude, so much fun to watch. Tottenham just needed that person to bring it all together because they had a, a pretty solid defense. They had a pretty good offense. And they didn't really have anybody to connect those two really good pieces. And I feel like this is their piece. I feel like they're ready to go now. And they have a basically identical player in the wings as well with Ivan Perisic. Exactly. And Perisic, even though he didn't start, I thought he played well when he came on. He did play extremely well. But the one, the one thing that I think Tottenham is still like missing is just a world-class center back. As much as we love Eric Dyer, Chris Romero, Ben Davies, 
they cannot continue to play that center back position at that high of a level. No, not at all. Uh, I would love to see someone go over there. I have no idea who would even be on the market. But uh, I mean, they have they have Davidson Sanchez right now, and they have Clement Langlet on loan from Barcelona. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, definitely. Very interesting to see. But yeah, Southampton, obviously the whole team runs through Ward Prowse. I mean, there's no questions there. It has, it did that last season. It did that the season before, and it will continue to do that as long as Ward Prowse is there. Absolutely. And I, I completely forgot that. Um, I thought Adam Armstrong for some reason left the team. I don't know why. No, sir. No, sir. He's still there, but he needs to get some goals in him. Very true. There's not many players that uh, I feel like are going to have a ton of goals this season. I feel like. Most goals are going to come from very few players this season. Mm-hmm. No, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, they're actually they're actually going to be close to my team that I'm going to send down. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. I'm in. Uh, and let's talk about a team that we think might go down, but actually played extremely, extremely well. And that is AFC Bournemouth. Yeah, did not expect to see AFC Bournemouth pull a pull a dub this this weekend they beat Aston Villa 2-0 they scored in the second minute and the 80th minute and that was just that was a really like surprising game from um Aston Villa and just from Bournemouth Bournemouth just so so solid so together as a team it's those championship league teams man I I seriously think that in those leagues you just become I don't even know just so close-knit that once you come at come up into that Premier League you can surprise it a couple big teams just by playing your style, uh, just because they're not going to be ready for that. I mean, they're, they're going to be ready for some Premier League level team. They're not going to be ready for a Nottingham Forest or, in this case, a Bournemouth. In uh, Villa, I think we can pretty soon toss them onto the seesaw boat because you have no idea what you're getting with Villa at this point. You don't know if you're going to get a team that blows Wolves out for nothing or if you're going to get a team that loses 2 nothing to Bournemouth. Yeah, but the team that Villa just put out, I thought it was extremely, extremely well. I thought, it, you know, you have Emmy Martinez and goal, Matty Cash, Diego Carlos. Uh, Kansa starting over, uh, what's his name? Tyrone Miggs was a very, very big surprise to me. See, I said it a couple times last season. I think Tyrone Miggs is overrated. I think that he does not have a very good touch and not a great read on the game. So I'm not surprised that he doesn't get started. Uh, but considering how loyal they were to him for the past two years, I am a little surprised that he didn't get a start in the first game of the season. I did like seeing Bubakara Kamara making his debut, though. I thought he played really well. Oh, definitely. For sure. There was definitely some bright moments for Villa, but it was just outshone by Bournemouth. Absolutely. Leon Bailey also started over Ollie Watkins, which was another big surprise. It is very surprising. I didn't even realize that one. I mean, Leo Bailey's a great player. He's very fast. But, you know, I think Ollie Watkins just has that better finishing ability than Leon Bailey right now. And they had, they had Danny, Wings as, Danny Ings as well. Um, so they also had a finishing factor there. So it was just really surprising that they didn't score. Um, Kiefer Moore st- scored for uh, Bournemouth and also uh, Jefferson Lerma. And I thought Lerma's goal was actually really, really nice, even though it was in the second minute. I thought it was a great like punching the mouth for Aston Villa, saying, yeah, we're here, buddy. We're here, Stevie G. You suck. Go back to Liverpool. 
I mean, they were the first ones to score and the last ones to score, so you can't say much about that. Can't say much about that. You are completely right. Oh, man. Is there any other games we need to talk about? Oh, yes. The first game of this Premier League season. Arsenal beating Crystal Palace 2-0, which I thought was a completely overrated win for Arsenal. Your thoughts on that? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be surprised at what you say because – I thought that Crystal Palace had a lot of very, very good play. Arsenal played very well, and they deserved to win. Uh, but I thought Crystal Palace played fairly decent that entire game as well. Uh, they just didn't get their attacking players into the, the game enough. They just didn't connect them. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't think this is a huge game for Arsenal. I think they were sort of expected to win this one, and they went in and did their job. Yep, so both teams finished with 10 shots, two shots on target. But, I mean, Arsenal, I think that when they scored first, they let off the gas a little bit. For sure. I, I think agree. I think Jesus had an extraordinary first half. Second half, he was not there. I just think Arsenal overall in the second half just did not come to play. And Crystal Palace just absolutely dominated that game from the second half onward. And they had a lot of chances and just, just couldn't score. Maybe if Connor Gallagher was still there, they would have had a better shot. But, I mean, they had Eze make a few shots on goal, shots that did not end up on target. Zaha, as much as we love him, could not get one on target. Schlupp, you know, Ducore, Eduard up top. And none of these guys, like, we know can finish. So I think that was just the biggest issue with Crystal Palace. And they had a lot of decently good chances where they could have scored, even tied the game when it was 1-0. But then that second goal just, I think, killed everything on them. And that's going to be their problem their entire season is just not providing enough scoring opportunities or missing the ones that they do produce. No, I, I completely agree. And I, I think in terms of Arsenal, like the, once they once they realized that Crystal Palace can play, they they backed off. They I don't think Mikel Arteta can handle when things go wrong or start to go wrong. That's why I think when Arsenal were at their best, they could win five on the on the go. But then once they lose one, they would lose three. Yeah. It does seem like Arsenal goes on those streaks. Yeah, you're completely right on the head. And I don't know, it's going to be interesting to see how consistent they're going to be. Maybe they will be the next seesaw team. I hope not. I hope. I honestly hope Arsenal just keeps going up. Uh, they have players that I love watching. I don't love Arsenal, but I do love the players that make up Arsenal right now. So it is a joy to watch. It completely is, and I'm kind of excited to watch Arsenal play the rest of the year. I've never said that before. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever say it again. I think this is the the one-year exception, but I, I really am excited for them this year. I think they have a really good squad that could actually go pretty far. Yep, and we and everyone always says it, like, it's Arsenal's turn. They're going to do it, and then, you know, Arsenal pull an Arsenal. Yep, they come in fourth. Yep, exactly. All right, so, Chase, we've seen a lot of the preseason. We've seen one game played so far, um, and we've seen the, each team's transfer windows, how they're doing, and now I think it's time we pick our top six, bottom six for this season. I'm in. All right, and we'll start with you. Who do you think your top six is going to be? And if you say Liverpool, I'm going to cut you off the air. I think if anybody puts Liverpool first, I think they are delusional this year. If, if anybody thinks that Man City is not winning the Premier League, I think they need to watch a little bit more Premier League because it's it's quite obvious, and that's why I have as my number one Manchester City. I think they're going to win. I think everyone thinks they're going to win. 
just making West Ham look the way they did this past weekend, it was unfair. <laughs> no team should be manhandled like that. And that's how it's going to be every single week. Man City's just going to walk in and stomp on anyone. Uh, so they're the clear number one in my eyes. Uh, number two is a little bit, little bit of hopeful thinking. And I have Liverpool there. Um, with that first game that we've seen now, it's not looking as likely that we pull that second spot. Uh, but again, it's one game. We, we have many, many games to go. So hopefully we can pull it back. Uh, I know this Liverpool squad is, is just as good as last year's. So they could probably contend with City. But no. <laughs> I, think, I think we both know City is going to run with this. Uh, I have in my third spot, Arsenal. I just keep saying I love watching them play. This is the squad that I think that can actually take them to that next level of maybe competing for that one or two slot, maybe getting into that that Champions League and actually making a run. Uh, I think this is their time. And just (laughs) barring everything we just said, it could actually be Arsenal's time. I don't know. I think they have a very good squad this year. Fourth was a tough one. I wanted to put Man U, Mace. I really did, but I didn't. Uh, it goes to Chelsea, and even though we do have scoring issues or they have very big scoring issues, they're going to find a way to get it done. They'll find find a way to get that job done and get into the Champions League. I believe they always will. Uh, I don't think Tuchel is too far out of reach of that right now. He's definitely uh, drowning a little bit, but I think he'll swim back out. Fifth is your team, say It goes to Man U. Uh, not gaining those top four slots, but... Still going to be respectable this season. I think they'll they'll figure out some of their problems, uh, but I think fifth is very um, uh, com- compassionate. Maybe I'm giving you a little too much, being a little generous, putting Menu at fifth. Uh, but but I believe in them, and just because their jerseys are so cool, I'd love to see them in fifth. Not their third kits. Not their third kits. Oh my goodness, those are rough. Uh, and then in sixth, I have Tottenham. I mean, this is a true. Just sort of normal top six. I feel like we go Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man U, and then Tottenham. Uh, no surprise picks, no West Ham's, no Brighton's or anything like that. But uh, Tottenham, I thought they played well this this last weekend. I think they're going to continue to play well. They'll always be on the cusp. So I think it's fair that Tottenham would just be at the bottom of that list. I would be very surprised if you have anything very different for me, Mace. I, I think you're going to have very similar. I don't see too many teams... Uh, switching in and out. What, you don't see me picking Leeds in first, Bournemouth in second? You don't see that out of me? I mean, we didn't see Leicester coming in first, so you could, you could come up with anything, man. <laughs> I think my first place team is definitely going to be Nottingham Forest. No, I'm just kidding. It has um, to be. I, it, 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 it has to be. Uh, but no, my, my top six, the teams are the exact same. Like I, I don't have any surprise. I think the difference between the top six and the rest of the pack in the Premier League is just – night and day like West Ham they have a good squad but I don't think any of them are at the elite level at the top six are exactly Completely so I, I, agree. yep so uh, my top six are you know City first I mean come on yep. uh, Liverpool second they have a great squad uh, I, I really want to see Klopp sign like one more midfielder for an insurance purpose I would love that yeah, but I, don't, yeah, I know you don't want uh, Keita to play ever. Oh, my goodness. Get back to the bench, never let him leave. I don't think you want him to play in practice. No, I really don't. Not even a little bit. But now here is where the surprises are in for me. 
So you know what? I'm gonna go in reverse order for right now. Okay, just just to okay. hear hear me out. Okay. Now you said it yourself that you know your fifth place United finish was one of compassion and one of hope. Yeah, I went. The yes, com- very much so. I went in the complete opposite direction there. I put them in sixth. <laughs> you know, I had I had a lot of hope going into this first game. And I was like, you know, Ted Hogg is going to be the man. Martial is going to, he's going to break out this year. Rashford is going to get his form back. Jane Sancho, we're going to see what he was in the Bundesliga. Oh, Christian Eriksen and Bruno are going to rule the midfield. Van de Beek is going to come in and be the boss. I just, no, just, just no. I was, I was so sad to watch that game. I was like, my hands, my hands were over my eyes starting to watch it. It was just, it was not good. But anyway, I have them in sixth. In fifth, we're going to have that seesaw Arsenal team, which is very surprising. I know, I know. Hold, hold your gasp, please. Um, we, we know what we're getting in terms of like, say, Liverpool, Arsenal. If things go wrong, they're going to implode, I think. I'm very excited for this. Um, this all or nothing with Arsenal to come out. I'm very excited to see what happened behind the scenes uh, in terms of last season. But I think Arsenal, once things go bad, they're going to get worse. So that's why I'm going to put them in fifth. In fourth, I'm going to go with Chelsea. All right, so we, we rank them the same there. Yeah, I mean, solid defense. Their, their biggest concern is going to be getting their goals. I think they were a little bit lucky to win that Champions League just because I they didn't have an all-and-out number nine we thought if they had it in Lukaku it obviously did not work out so I, I just think even though they're going to have a solid back line and only concede 20 goals they're probably not going to score that many so that's why I have them in the fourth and the third I think is going to be the biggest surprise and it's going to be Tottenham's best finish since the 2015-16 season when Leicester won um, I think the Spurs team while I did say that their center backs could use some improvement Antonio, if you give Antonio Conte a full season, he knows what he's doing. He wanted his first year at Chelsea. He wanted his first year at Inter. He wanted his first year in Juventus. I think this this team is actually going to be his best example of himself. And I think they're going to do extremely, extremely well. I would absolutely love to see that. That would be such an entertaining season to see Tottenham move up to third. I'd be all for it. And I mean, it shows in the past. You just said it. Conte winning all those those trophies with the first team or the first year with that team. I mean, it's Tottenham. They haven't won very many trophies, if any. Uh, so it'd be sweet to see Conte actually get them up into those those rankings to actually fight for the Champions League, fight for the, the Premier League, uh, even go for those lower cups as like the FA Cup or the, the Carabao Cup, something of that sort. Oh, I still don't think he's going <laughs> to for the top six. He says, "Yeah, I think he's going to be good, but he's not winning any trophies, bro." It's Tottenham. Let's not forget. Let's not get too far from it. Facts got a point there. <laughs> but now I think this is going to be the most entertaining piece, and that is the bottom six. Because while we enjoy watching the top teams, we love watching the bottom more. So I only did the bottom four. Okay. Um, started there. Started at the complete bottom, and. Maybe you're going to say no with how they started off the season, but I am starting Bournemouth at the bottom, uh, just showing their track history. I mean, just looking at Bournemouth, looking at every single season that they've been up in the Premier League, it has not ended well. They have played very, very poorly. So they're getting the bottom slot for me. Um, 
even though I think Mitrovic is an, ama- an amazing player and hopefully he gets put to a bigger club, I do think Fulham is going to be second to last. I just don't think they're going to have a strong enough de- defense to withhold the entire season. Um, and I know it withheld Liverpool for most of the game, but we're not going to talk about that. No, we're not. Uh, the next is Southampton. It's their year to go down. <laughs> They've been getting worse and worse each year. I feel like they had a couple good and strong years, and then all of a sudden they just took a turn for the worse. So I think Southampton is going to end up at the bottom. And to top off my bottom four is Everton. I think Everton's going to stay on the cusp of relegation, uh, but they did play well against Chelsea, so maybe Frank Lampard has switched them around. Uh, but I highly, highly doubt that, and I cannot express how much I highly doubt that. So Everton staying near the bottom. They're, they're going to be pretty close to relegation, uh, but not there yet. You know, that's a very interesting point. Um, and I love that you have two teams that were just promoted that are just going to be sent right back down. I mean, it, we're just showing track history, man. Usually I mean, what happens. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, Fulham, they're not usually one of the better teams in the Premier League in Bournemouth. Oof. Yeah, let's just remember that Clint Dempsey went to Fulham. And a 34-year-old Andre Shrula went to Fulham. <laughs> like, that's that's not a good track history right there. So, I'm, I'm going to say that they're going down. I mean, yeah, you're you're probably not far off there. They're going to be closer to the bottom. Uh, same with Southampton. They've just – they've really struggled. But... Yeah, I don't know what happened because last season they started off so strong and then all of a sudden they're not good. Like, the last, like, seven, eight games, they were just absolutely abysmal. Very true. So no, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see. So I'll give you my bottom six, and please, please disagree with me. Um, so at the very, very bottom, last place, first team going down, first team they're going to be confirmed to go down. I have a Southampton. Like you said, it's just it's their time to go. It really is. I mean, they're just going to get clapped for most of the season. I feel like. Yeah, I completely agree, and I also think that of Nottingham Forest, who are going to be my nineteenth place, which. Very controversial, and I would love to see them. I hope they do prove me wrong. Jesse Lingard, if you're listening, uh, I want you to call into this show, and I want you to curse me out so bad because I was wrong. That's the thing. I would love to see Nottingham Forest do well, but after that first showing, I just don't think it's in the cards, man. Yep, I completely agree, and I think it's just going to be the same with Everton. Everton's going to be my last team to be relegated. You're not seeing me disagree. <laughs> And then right above that, that that fourth to last, that 16th, that all all honorable 16th place is going to go to Bournemouth, who are just going to stay alive by the, the skin on their ass. It's going to be crazy. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, Bournemouth has been known to just barely stick around. Yep. So I can see it. I can see it. And while I have a team that's going to struggle but still be alive, next is going to be Fulham and then Leeds above that. That is my opinion. Yeah, Leeds are going to struggle this season. I mean, I know you were talking about Fulham, but Leeds are definitely going to struggle this season. I mean, they're not going to just come in and adopt an entire new way of playing uh, with an entire new coach at the end of last season. They're just not going to come in and be fantastic. So, I I fully agree with you, Mace. I I mean, (laughs) yes, I think Fulham is probably going to get demoted. I don't think that they're going to hold on. Um, Bournemouth, though, I could definitely see holding on. Bournemouth is one of those teams that is scrappy enough to stay up. Uh, but 
no, I'm all I'm all for Everton going. I'm all for it. Get him out. Jakey B, come on the show sometime. Yeah, tell us how Frank Lampard isn't going to get relegated this season when he 100% is. He was so lucky that they were playing Crystal Palace in that all-decisive game. That's facts. <laughs> oh, man. So that's it with our top six, bottom six. Um, Barcelona has also been making headway this season uh, in terms of their financial troubles. They are still down 60 million euros, I believe, before they can register any of their seven players. And Joe Laporta, the president of Barcelona, is set to activate a fourth economic lever, which is probably going to be to sell another percentage of their TV rights. But guess what? They're still going to be 50 million short. I don't know how they're going to get away with this, man. I don't know how they're going to play. Like, we still have players with names not on the backs of their jerseys playing in cup finals because you have two number nines still on your team. Like, you need to figure this out. This is a professional club at this point. Like, you need to figure this stuff out. This is – it's getting ridiculous at, at this point. Like, I, I, I honestly think it's time for La Liga to sanction Barcelona because this is getting absolutely ridiculous because, um, you know, you're threatening De Jong with uh, legal action because of, they want to revert him back to his old contract to save some money, and then you're still signing all these players, yet you don't have the money for it. So I don't understand why they're allowed to sign these players you know, making these false promises. It just doesn't make any sense to me. No, it makes no sense why they're still being allowed to get all of these huge name players and they're still in the works for others. Like I'm still seeing their name be thrown around, which is astronomical. How does that happen? Zero sense to me. I think it's time for them to leave, leave the leave La Liga. And I think it's time for them to be done as a club. I mean, if, if that's what happened, I wouldn't even be surprised. It's their own fault for running the club into the ground. Yeah, seriously. Oh man, i i want to I just want to I want to see what happens to them. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. I really hope it's bad. See, I don't know if it's too bad because there are rumors that Messi's going to go back to Barca next season. Uh, but after next season, I don't really care. Burn him to the ground. <laughs> oh man, I I completely agree with you. I, don't, I I did not hear anything about that Messi return, but how is that still going to help? I mean, they they still are going to have like a half full 100,000-seater stadium. You're preaching to the choir, man. I have no idea. <laughs> it's, it's a fruitful effort at this point. Like, they are so far beyond screwed, it is crazy. Uh-huh. That's absolutely ridiculous. I. That's going to be unreal. All right. Let's, let's, let's come back to England now, and uh, let's go over the results of the prior week's uh, game of the weeks. Let's do it. Let's do it, Mace. Ah, Chase, you know what? Before before we get into the actual scores, I would like to say that this is the first time one person has gotten two games both right with scores correct as well. And still not what? And still not one? Yes, correct, <laughs> correct. <laughs> but yes, so our three games of the week were Crystal Palace versus Arsenal. Chase, you picked two to one. I picked two zero. We both got a point for the Arsenal win. I got the extra point for the score. Chelsea versus Everton. Uh, you and I both got a one zero game right. So good job there. Yep. Uh, Spurs versus Southampton. You got the Spurs correct. I'd said a draw. That was not right. So just in terms of the uh, games of the week, it's four to four. Uh, the upset pick, we both picked Forrest to be Newcastle. <laughs> That didn't happen. 
and our both of our lock picks. Oh. Oh. Yeah, we don't talk about that anymore. We already talked about it. No, the only thing you got was the solid scores, which is a plus one. So you did win the week three to two being and with with that, you take that one zero lead on the season. Let's go. Let's keep that streak, man. All right. So we have our three games. I have my lock and upsets. I'm sure you do as well. So let's yep, start. With, let's start off with this first game of the week being Everton versus Aston Villa. I went first this last week. So you go first this week, Mason. Oh. Ready to hear him. Oh, boy. So with Everton versus Villa, I had a one to one game. I know this is very, very, very out there. I don't think it's going to be really surprising if they do tie, but I don't think I don't think either Stevie G or Frank Lampard have the attacking options right now. I still think both teams are going to score. They still have great players. You know, Ollie Watkins, Danny Ings. They have um, what's his name? Uh, Gordon up top for Everton. I just I don't see it going any other way. And I think it's going to be an ugly game as well. So I'm saying one one. Mace. I was going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> I also have one one for this game. And I literally have a little note that says, gets ugly. <laughs> also, this is also uh, where my action comes from. I have that there's a red card in this game. Ooh. I, I love that. Very uh, fitting to ask or fitting to see because Villa has a very temperamental back line, especially if they start Mings. Mings is known to fly into some tackles. Yes, he is. Is just ready to fight all the time. Every single second of every day, that Everton team is just ready to throw hands. It's part of the Everton nature. So I'm definitely seeing that red card in there. I could absolutely see it as well. Um, it's going to be a weird game to watch. For sure. That next game is going to be Brighton versus Newcastle. I had a little bit of a surprise here. Uh, being that, you know, Brighton were playing so well against Manchester United, I had a 2-1 to one win again for Brighton beating Newcastle. Mason, stop reading my mind, man. That's also what I had, Brighton beating Newcastle 2-1. to one. Uh, Newcastle, pretty good team. Brighton just playing well. I mean, they played well last season. They started off the season fantastic. I think they're just going to keep it rolling. Dude, just I think you're reading my papers because I was the one who gave you the game list. Okay, so chill out. You have a point. You have a point. I mean, you've just copied all of them. Exactly. Plus, I'm going first. How do I know you're not just taking it right away? You have a point there. So <laughs> I'll do the Southampton and Leeds game last. I will just just to prove that we're not we're not cheating or anything like all that. All right, go ahead, go ahead. Southampton and Leeds. I have Leeds winning one nothing. Not a very big score, but just a little one. Uh, Leeds definitely only going to score like a late goal. And this is also not going to be a very fun game to watch. I I have the same result. Yeah. <laughs> but I have a two to one game for Leeds. Oh, that's fine. No. It's, it's, it's completely different. Absolutely completely different. So, I, don't, yeah. I don't think Southampton is going to score. I don't think they have any capabilities to score. Other than Ward-Prowse, they exactly. don't have Can't Can't uh, deny a dead ball situation with Ward-Prowse. Very true. You have a very good point. Yep. So I have a, I have a two to one leads win. I mean, bam, big bad bam. I think he's going to have another goal or an, at least another assist, something like that. Uh, Aronson, love to see him get on the score sheet again. Uh, I was going to say Rafinha. I was going to, I meant to say Rodrigo. I hope he scores again as well. So yeah, I have two to one for leads. And let's go over your lock pick first, which I think I know what it's going to be. Yeah. My lock pick, I mean, a pretty easy one. Man City over Bournemouth. Uh, I'm going Man City four. Bournemouth, nothing. I, I think Man City is just going to do unspeakable things to this Bournemouth team. 
Yep, I, I'm in the same exact boat. I had City 3, Bournemouth 0, with my action being that Erling Holland scores again. Yeah, that's a pretty good action to pick. Yep, pretty safe, pretty safe. I would agree. And now we come to the upset pick, which we might be different on. I really hope we're different on, because it's really disappointing that you always steal all of my answers. Okay, well, hopefully that I, I didn't pick it. Uh, but I'm still backing our boys. Come on, Forrest. I want <laughs> Nottingham Forest to beat West Ham one nothing, man. You're hoping Lingardino scores again? That's all I'm hoping for. <laughs> Go against his old club where he got the nickname and score some crazy goal while their confidence is down. I, I mean, it, it could happen, but the only thing is – it's Nottingham Forest. <laughs> it's Nottingham Forest. <laughs> That's the issue. That's a big issue. He's got to score on Ariola or Fabianski, whoever's not injured. Uh, but, no, I love that pick. Uh, I did not pick the same game as you. Thank goodness. Thank the Lord. All right. My upset is actually going to be Fulham beating Wolves 2-1. to one. I really... Honestly, I could 100% see this, and I love it. Dude, I, I think uh, Mitrovic could get another goal in him. I think that Fulham team just played so well, and I don't think Wolves are going to be able to cope. I Mitrovic mean, is going to be our boy, man. We're going to keep following this kid the absolutely. entire season. Absolutely. He's on our ones to watch. Hopefully that uh, that back line of Tim Ream and uh, and Reed back there at Fulham can stay strong. I mean, they, they played well against Liverpool. For real? <laughs> We're way too strong against Liverpool way too strong but all right dude that's our games of the week is there any other games you would like to discuss uh i don't believe so i don't think there's too too much else going on i think there's going to be there's two games that okay well maybe three so the third game that i would that i just thought of is going to be that chelsea versus tottenham game oh that'll be very exciting that's that's sunday at 11 30 if you're on the eastern uh, time block but yes that's going to be a very interesting game to see the spurs all out attacking it's the chelsea's all defensive and I think it'll be a really, really fun game to watch. Uh, I think Man U versus Brentford is going to be another great game. Uh, the return of Christian Eriksen to Brentford's home ground. Um, you know, Brentford obviously on a higher note, considering that they just came back to tie Leicester and Man U obviously on, a, on the down low. But yeah, that might be a uh, a game to watch. Yes, sir. Not if you're a Man U fan, but a game to watch if you're a soccer fan. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And that last game that I really want to talk about is that Arsenal versus Leicester game, which I think is just going to be. It always proves to be amazing. That's going to be a dogfight. That's exciting. Gonna, that's going to be so much fun to watch. I think Jesus might, you know, get a goal here or there. Even Jamie Vardy could come to the party in the Premier League this year. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, those two strangers that we've never seen before. Absolutely not. Absolutely. But hey, man, anything else you would like to discuss before we? I don't think. Oop. I don't think so. Thanks. All right, guys. Be sure to tune in next time. We'll go over the games of the weekend. Hopefully, Mason can finally win a week. All right, guys. Not a chance.